Welcome everyone to the Joey Harris Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. You can subscribe or support the show at tinyurl.com slash the Joey Harris Show. And joining me is a woman who knows a good deal on a house. Nan Feebig, how are you, my friend? I Well, I do know a good deal on a house. That was See? a great intro. I know, I know. So, as we are recording this, it is, hmm. thank, it is Thanksgiving week. Are you in full... Ah. Are you in full prep mode? Or are you just do you just show up somewhere and like listen? I'm eating Thanksgiving here. I hope you're ready for me. Or, or <laughs> are you the one where people. where other people show up and they're like, we're here to eat Thanksgiving. We hope you're ready for us. So what? Where are you at? Uh, good question. In fact, directly before this recording, I started the first dish. It is Monday. Thanksgiving is Thursday, but I have started the first the first dish preparation. Um, the uh, depending on where we have been at other times of our life, and a quiet thing, a quiet Thanksgiving, lots of food, quiet, you know, don't even have to put on like real pants. This year, however, we looked around and said, hey, there's some people that we might like to hang out with. So I think we will be 13 for Thanksgiving. Nice. So yeah, yeah. Two turkeys are in the fridge, defrosting. Uh, there's a, there's a timeline ready to go on the kitchen counter. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going to, uh, borrow a cornhole moment, maybe a, a game that involves a ping pong ball. We'll see. So this year we're going all out, but maybe next year we'll kind of dial it back. What about you guys? We are going to my parents and it has grown so much after COVID year, which I think they had like. Eight. It was just close mm-hmm. family, and we were in Maine, and and all of that. We usually did not come home for Thanksgiving anyway, because mm-hmm. of the travel time. You you, you yeah. got to go in, got to go, gotta go short time turnaround, and all of that. After that, it kind of exploded so much so that we we have it at the church now, just because the fellowship hall has the room, and we are expecting. So great. My mother is expecting forty three. At dinner, Whoa. they've they've got two like my dad says not quite, but two thirteen pound turkeys. Holy cow! And a ham that they are, yeah. Because my my parents do both; they do the turkey and the ham. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And does everybody bring something, or is it all on your mom? My mom has most of it, and other people are bringing bringing things. But as my wife said, that she's been my mom's been doing this for so long, she just has the pattern down. And my mom's like, "Just yeah. tell me what you're bringing." And my wife is like, "I don't want to bring something if there's like eight of that thing already." Yeah, exactly. Rolls or something. Yeah, but when we were in Maine, um, we had gotten into a pattern. Where we would just listen. If you don't have anybody c- come, we will feed yeah. you and, and college kids and all that. And we got up to 20, 20, 25, between 20 and 25 some years. So I think that's the point of the holiday, right? Like, you get there's some days, some years where you're just like, I cannot people. I get that. But also, there are so many folks who just, the idea of sitting by yourself on Thanksgiving kind of breaks my heart because it's the only sort of non religious holiday even halloween is weird you know just come on just come and eat food like let's just celebrate and be together so yeah that's 40 people that's amazing i would always send it out to the students who were saying look we're eating at this time Mm -hmm. please come stay as 
as long as you feel comfortable, if you just yep. feel like coming for five minutes, saying hello, grabbing food and going, we've got yep. 800 to go boxes. Take as many yep. as you want. Exactly. If you want to stay and we watch Star Wars movies all day and night, we will do that as well. That's wonderful. Because, like, my wife does all the prep. She did all the, you know, it, it, everything flowed well. I was in charge of cleanup because they would do naps and then mm-hmm. head out, head out, getting ready to do the after Christmas shopping and, and all sure. of that. Yep. And so that was my time to unwind because it was in the winter time anyway, fall. You never know. Even before COVID, I'm like, I don't know about germs and stuff like that. So everything got mm-hmm. dishwashed. And yep. I had the world's smallest dishwasher because we were an ADA approved apartment. So it was literally like oh, this sure. big. So yep. I'm, I'm, I said, I'm just going to be doing 12 hours worth of dishes. Like just, <laughs> you know, rent, do a rinse, just a quick rinse, just to get the big yep. stuff off and loading it up full. And then just, it, it was, it was, it was like a turn thing. I was oh, not wow. punching a button. You just turned. And it was starting. It doesn't feel very ADA compliant, the turning of the knob. But what do I know? Keep going. Apparently, it was more compliant than and all of that. It had been there. Uh, we had been there like four years, which meant that the place had been there like 15 at that point. And it was like the original thing. And it just broke one day. <laughs> and oh, so no. I, I put in a work order. They come. They're like, oh, yeah, this thing is split right at the bottom. We'll take it. They clean it up. They're like, we'll get you another one. I'm like, all right. They bring, it's the exact same model. They just slide it back in a brand new one. I'm like, oh, well, we know, I know how this works. They're like, look, they make one model for this. If this one breaks tomorrow, we've got like 85 more at the warehouse that we get these stuff from. Like, good to know. Good to know. Excellent. You would think it would be the opposite, but that's good to, I guess, you know. ADA and Rehabilitation but Act and all it, that. You got to have them on the board. You know, it really was. You just, it was loaded full. I just turn it and I know it's going to be 90 minutes and then I'll unload that, put those away, load up the next. I'm doing literally about 18 hours worth of dishes after that. That's so many dishes. But that's, I mean, what a wonderful thing. Like, that's a celebration. That's a blessing. You know, like, I don't like throwing that word around, but like, People ate on these, you know, we did full bellies. They had fellowship, like all that. I love that. Yeah, and, and it gave me a chance to unwind. I'm watching TV, yep. watch a good, throw on a movie or or, or something there like that. Or six. Or six, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, by the time that they're headed out, it's midnight. I'm like, I'm going to bed. Call me. The plates are done. Glasses are next. It. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, that's really what it was. Because because the turkey platter, that's really something by itself. You can't fit much in there. You can do like some some uh, like cups and stuff at the top rack. But the lower rack, that turkey dish is just that's the that's the second or the third load. You got to get some you got to free up some space before then. That's right. Now, are you a stacker? Are you like a pack that thing full with the dishwasher? Or are you like, yeah, I'll leave some space? I I got really good at it because I did. With that, you were doing dishes every single day of your life. You couldn't I, yeah, you couldn't let it. it you couldn't let it just. So I got really good at stacking it up, but you can't overstack it because you got to right. have a little bit of room to let things just yep. just go. So. Hmm. 
But okay. you, you do a yearly thankful tradition with your children. Every, I do. We, we talked about this briefly in, in the past, but are they into it? Or do they just put up with it at this point? They're like, oh, no, like we know as soon as Halloween gets here to tomorrow, mom, what are you thankful for? I feel like there's a post-it note and they're like, listen, just jot some stuff down. Let's just get through this week and then the weekend we'll reconvene with some more. Exactly. I think they do just put up with it at this point. Um, I've started sending them the things that they said 10 years ago or five years ago, which is really fun. Like when they were itty bitty, my kids are 16 and 13. Um, and when they were little, it was so cute. They were like, for, I'm thankful for lights along the way. And, like, oh, and now they're like, blanket, like that on my face, nah. So I think my daughter who is 16, honest to goodness, this year at least gives it some thought. And I think Elliot has always given it some thought. And Owen is just like Diet Coke, like, you know, just just get out of my face i'm playing a video game mom. like you're ruining my fortnight time so at this point it's a toleration but i'm hopeful that it gives them some a practice of gratitude who knows if it will or not but it is fun I, to look back though it is one of those things i look forward to every year and i feel oh, like i feel like I feel like I'm like, oh yeah, like we're in the, we're towards the end of October, like the thankfulness has come, and then I forget it until November first. I'm like, yay, we've reached thankful November. It's, That's it's, so funny. It's one of those things, and I have like that with several people I know. Um, mm -hmm. Like, there's a wrestler. He tells a story about his grandparents and the Mummers Day Parade in Philadelphia. Yes, in Philadelphia, yeah, and. His grandparents his are both New Year's, right? Yeah, his no. grandparents yeah. are both, or his grandparents are both dead. But it was like one year they had partied too hard, and she's like, "Let's not, let's not do it this year." And he's like, "Okay." And so, but he puts it on the TV, and as soon as she hears it, she's like, "I'm, give me five minutes. We've got to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Give me some feathers." And he posts that every New Year's Day, and it is not New Year's until I see that story. And I always comment, "I'm like, I, I love this story and, and all of that." Oh, that's fun. And I've got another friend who he does a daily picture of his great nephew, and I've never, mm -hmm. met, I've never met these people, but I'm like, if I don't see my daily picture of Waylon, is it's not. I've grown up with this kid. He's yep. like seven or eight now. I have literally grown up with him since he was born. I don't know any of these people. No. Isn't that funny the way that social media has done that for us to actually feel like we're connected to people that we've never actually met? Right. And it's like I, people I've graduated with, I have seen their children growing up. And I'm like, we barely talked in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That happened to me a couple a week or so ago. A student came through the student center, and I was like, "Oh, hey!" And she was like, "Hi, oh right, Nan." <laughs> I follow all your posts. Okay, I've liked and I've loved, and your babies are beautiful. And she was like, "Yeah, good to see you." So anyway, yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Don't go through this way ever oh, again." Don't use these restrooms. Anyway. <laughs> so Nan, tell me something I don't know. Have you heard of an anglerfish? They are the fish that live at the very bottom of the ocean. They have the bioluminescent, like you can't see me. We're recording yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, right I, get, I get you. They have the like 
extension from their heads that hang down and are illuminated so they can see where they're going. They are the ugliest fish ever. For about 100, 110 years, scientists could not figure out how they reproduced. They could only find the females. They couldn't find any males. They thought, well, maybe it's like a seahorse thing, you know, where once the male has the babies, they die. Nope. They couldn't find the male because the males find a female, eat their flesh, and then live, like curl up inside of the female's body and just live there for the rest of their existence. And I think that's typical of a man. Typical man. Typical. So that's something you probably didn't know. I did not know that. Good. Yeah, so there's, it was like scientist after scientist was sort of, I, I read an article about it. Scientist after scientist was like, we couldn't figure it out. We thought maybe it was a heat seeking thing and they would just leave it. But no, no, because they uh, they grew inside the you know, bodies. You're welcome. It's terrifying. It's, it's a terrifying typical. image. I apologize. Typical. Like a, a fish with like a light on now, it. I, I, was, a, I was aware of that. Was there a movie or something that had those? Because uh, I, I can definitely see like it. It's like a Nemo moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does feel like a Nemo. But I felt like they didn't go that far down. I don't think so. Nemo was sort of tropical. But but I, I, I am aware of that. There was something I have seen. I am aware because I was like... Because I was going to say, is that like the, I call it like the nightlight fish. Is that the nightlight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. It, it was it wild though? Like evolution. I mean, we don't need to get into that. But like, it's so interesting how species have been like, I can't see. I'm going to grow my own flashlight. And then the men who are like, well, she did it. So I might as well just stick with her. Like, anyway. <laughs> the man was like, while you're doing that, listen to, don't, <laughs> don't, don't interrupt until you hear the entire thing. While you do that. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm just going to live in you. Yeah. Joey, tell me something I don't know. Hmm. You would have think since that I brought this up that I would. Just, <laughs> that you would be prepared. I, I did have to think about this. So I appreciate that you gave me a moment's notice. I did. I did. But I'll, I will come up with something. I will come up with something. Um. That you hear a lot of times when all is said and done. I've, I've thought about this, you know, you know when all That's is said great. and done, mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. more will be said than will be done. Always. Always. Because we talk about it. We don't, we aren't about it. We talk about it. We don't do it. Interesting. It's just like sort of like that at the end of the day. Is it the end of the day? At what point? Is the fat lady singing? I have yet to see it happen. I feel like that there is just something that it, it's one of those placeholder things. Like I have yeah. on, I have on my notes here. Every time I do a, a thing, uh, you, I don't know if you can see it, but it says "Stop saying you know." Uh huh. It's it's one of those. It crutch. really does for those it's, playing along at home. It really does say "Stop saying you know." It's, it's one of those crutch things that we use a lot, like by the end of the day and all of that. Yep. yep. Um, my personal philosophy lately has been that if you go into an office setting and there is a one of those motivational posters that says "Live each day like it's your last." 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then that person has the temerity to plan Friday afternoon meetings. That is not a place where you want to work. No, never. Yep. No, we, we don't need to circle the wagons Friday at 4 p.m. That's rude. It's disrespectful. This could have been an email. It could have, always, always could have been an email. In fact, um, I think it's okay for me to say this. Um, there, at, there's a standing meeting that I attend Wednesdays at 9 a.m., mm-hmm. which is wonderful. It is a, a collaborative group of people who work hard at our job. We all have very different positions, but these meetings do seem to get awfully repetitive. So I took notes about some phrases that I would hear frequently and made a bingo card and gave it out to certain people at the meeting, but not to everyone, which is um, petty, but it is so much fun. We really do play name of meeting bingo. And so, so far, no one has gotten actual bingo. I have enough cards that we can rotate through. So things like um, I worked I worked overtime on this or the name of a previous institution where you work things like that so um, yeah all that to say I think we just repeat ourselves all the time to make us feel good I am happy and was always thankful for that standing nine a.m. Wednesday meeting okay. and it's not it's good to know that it still it still exists. Because at the because at the end of my life, uh, at the I'm end getting, of the day, I'm getting an extra month back because <laughs> of the person who used to run those meetings took a month of my life, and I'm just I'm just uh-huh. I don't know what I'll do with that extra month because I'm th- I'm you know I'm on par for myself you know if it's up to me to live to be a hundred. So now I've got a hundred and a month that I'm just, I don't know what I'll do with that extra month. Hookers and blow, I'm assuming. Great idea. Great idea. You and George Byrne. It's, it's something to shoot for. It is something it to is. shoot for. I think it's worthy. Because at that point, like, who cares? You can do whatever you want. You're a hundred years old. I will put in for the hookers and the blow for you. I had something one time and I went to the free clinic because I had no insurance at the time. And I'm like, what is this thing? They're like, we'll get back to you. And the woman, <laughs> the woman across the hall uh, says, well, thank you so much, doctor. I appreciate that. One final question for you. Is there anything I should be restricting from my diet? And she says, and I quote, honey, you are 98 years old. Eat anything that you want. <laughs> As much as you want. Yes. She goes, as long as it doesn't make you as long as it doesn't make you sick. Now don't get sick, but as long as you don't eat anything you want. Eat whatever you want. You're 98 for Pete's sake. Mm. Yep. That's that's a good goal to have for the doctor to be like, you're old enough to eat whatever you want. Yes. Yes. Man, do you have questions for me? Joey. When you're really mad, when you're done, when you're over it, and you have to choose between two artists, do you choose Fiona Apple or Alanis Morissette? The times that I have struggled with this exact 
question. Mm-hmm. But w- but when I have just reached, you know, it, my Popeye moment when I has all I can take and I can't take no more, <laughs> I go with Alanis. I really do. Uh, first not, high five, man. not that I do not enjoy Fiona. Absolutely not. No shame. It's it's simply a choice. It's a vibe, as the young people say. As as I calm back down now, we may just slide into Fiona. Not like Absolutely. that. Not like that. This is just slide into Fiona's music. Mm-hmm. But agreed. Alanis. I too choose Alanis. All the way. All the way. Jagged little pill. I've been into it. Probably means I'm like approaching burnout or something. But um, every single song. It's like, oh man, I can tell you a time in my life when this song was cranked to 11 in the car or whatever. I'm going to say, I'm going out on a limb here. When I did not know you, I felt like that song got Nan through college. That album, yes. rather, got Nan oh, through college. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Actually, it was senior year of high school. <laughs> so sorry, but it bled into then college. But absolutely. Got, got you ready for college. Got you ready absolutely. for college. Yeah, driving around those mean streets in Minneapolis. Um, yeah, Alanis was, she was the moment. Um, and there were people in college that I knew when they were playing Fiona Apple. I was like, leave her alone. She's having, she's having a moment. Um, but no, it was always Alanis for me. So I'm glad. I, I feel like we have that kindred bond. That's good. When I was but a sophomore but a youth in in college oh, mm-hmm. if i could go back to those times man oh. there was a young strapping lad who lived next to me that anytime he had a uh, a female over and they were just being young free spirits always played uh, brown eyed girl by van morrison well done over and over again just at a certain point, I okay. don't think we okay. need to go any further than that. But understood, understood. Hearing That's it, hearing, it, hearing it more than once in an afternoon, and I'm like, oh wow, just you know, I was impressed. Wow. And and <laughs> felt the need lady. and felt the need to get a soda at that moment. <laughs> for you or for him? Well, I should have brought him back one, but I only had enough for probably one. Needed it. I, he probably did. <laughs> uh. Only to find out that there were two different young ladies that afternoon. I was wondering what the uh, visitation situation looked like. Ah, well, all right. But, you know, free and easy. He was just happy and go lucky. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I don't judge. I do not judge. I do not shame. Just, you know, none of my business. Make sure you're being safe. And just making good decisions. That's there you go. There you go. (laughs) Nan, tell me about a book that changed your life. I love this question. Thank you so much. So I felt like I had sort of a reading revolution that happened probably 10 years ago. Maybe not. I, I need to go back and look at the publication date of this book. But I read it somehow. This book was given to me. It's called The Rending and the Nest. Mm-hmm. And it is by a woman by the name of Ketha. And I think her married name is Schwen. Turns out 
I know her from high school, but I didn't know that I knew her from high school until many, until several years later when a teacher was like, oh my God, she wrote this book. And I was like, what? So it's post-apocalyptic in the most wonderful way. And it is that book that helped me understand that I don't just have to read the things that I'm supposed to read, that I can, it's sort of what got me onto post-apocalyptic like fiction. And from there, it went into Station Eleven, and I'm trying to think of some other ones, but uh, it was it set me on a whole new trajectory of of this genre. But from that, then you sort of look at the society that we're living in now, and you go, "Oh my God, are we living in it right now? Or what's going to happen when the zombies come?" Like I don't know about you, but I drive around and I'm like, ah, "When the zombies take over, that's where I'm going." Um, so it was the rending in the nest, um, and it was just gorgeous and heart-wrenching and wonderful so there you go interesting do you have one that just changed everything for you i think like we've talked about this um before hold on my wife is contacting me just to see if i'm if i'm recording so i will say yes Um, huge, as you know, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time that I read it was just life, it the book. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm jerk. <laughs> Worst joke in the book. Thank you so I, much for telling me this story. Um, but just what he says about childhood. And growing mm. up and dealing with your fears um, was just life changing. And then moving to the place that book is based on, Absolutely. And, and then hearing the stories behind um, that book um, as as for valentine's one year right after we got married my wife got me the stephen king tour of that of that area and it was just us two um and the guy says well you know you read a lot of king and my wife is like no this is for my husband and i'm like it is my favorite book he goes well we'll save those parts for the end and and all of that And, and we go to places that are in the book we go to the area where he you know sets different things and he says that Stephen King and his wife were very close to him and also to his parents and that he's in the park one day by the standpipe like just writing things down and the guy who's giving us the tour, his mother goes by and she's like, Steve, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm, I'm writing down notes on a story that's really at the end of it's going to be about Bangor. And I wonder if they will let me stay here after, Mm. after this, but it's one of those, it's one of those things where it it has to be written down. Mm -hmm. And I think that he was very fair because, um, if if you've ever read the book and or and or seen the second movies that they made in the second movie 
there is a scene where a young homosexual man is thrown across over a bridge. Um, that is an actual story that happened in Bangor in the early 80s. And it was at a point where the city, I will say to its credit, goes as a collective, this is not who we are. Mm. And really and really just embrace the community. Even people who are like, I may not agree with this lifestyle, but this is not who we are. You still see a yeah. lot, a lot of that. And I really appreciated that because that came through. He goes, it, it was just one of those things. I don't know if they'll even let me stay after this, but it's one of those things where it had to be written. And wow. It is one of the thicker books. Like if you if you're mm-hmm. if you're carrying it and get shot, if it hits that, you're you're safe because it will stop a bullet. But even though it's a long book, I wish the parts about childhood had been twice as long because he nails it. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing somebody who at the time is in his forties, late thirties or or forty. He may have been forty. No, not quite forty at the time he nailed childhood and then the newer movies that were made of it they set the childhood parts in 1989 and i'm like when these kids are 11 and i'm like man he nailed it again whoever wrote the screenplay nailed it again because i was 11 in 89 and and i'm like oh wow that that was just I'm like, yep, that was that was what I'm feeling and mm. and and all of that about having having a crush on a girl and being overweight and and I'm like, yep, that's it. Like, you know, I can have the crush, mm-hmm. but I gotta keep it to myself because nothing's ever gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And just realizing that you can read the heavier stuff and it just doesn't it doesn't all have to be the the hardy boys or encyclopedia brown yep. or, or or what not that there's anything wrong wrong with those but right but you, that there's you, a graduation to something different to something to something different and you can mm-hmm. you know it was one of those i was reading something just slightly ahead of where i was and yep. thank and yep. thankful that i had the people, in a way thankful that i had the people in my life that allowed me to do that and they could have said you're too young to be reading (laughs) this and and take it away but they didn't i might equate something like that to the um oh i just lost it oh the may the odds be ever in your favor oh the Um, hunger games hunger games the hunger games right i i never told a kid of mine a child of mine what they could not read i just said look if you have questions let me know and we can talk about it but the hunger games was pretty could have been could have been pretty upsetting it was really interesting is is still really interesting social commentary so but the amount of courage that those authors both have to say hey we're better than this let's get but to hold up a mirror to society to bangor or to charlotte whatever to the united states to say come on y'all let's let's be better i think that's why we why it's so important to support artists in that way and writers and just, uh, I'm going to use this as my recommendation. Um, an- another really great book by Stephen King is 112263. 
Um, and there is a podcast, a Stephen King podcast that I listen to called The Losers Club, uh, based on something that's from it. That's where they get their name for their podcast. Mm-hmm. But they are tackling 1122. They're going in order. And it just so happens that the next book up is 1122.63. And their first episode about it comes out Wednesday, which is the 60th anniversary of 1122.63. I was going to say, I think, aren't we coming up on that? That's yeah, cool. Yep. So that I'm really excited about that on, on the 60th anniversary that comes out Wednesday. Um, wow. That they, are ta- that, they are, that they are tackling that. So, Nan, give me a recommendation. Well... I like to take the opportunity when you give me a chance to recommend something to ask my children what they think. Uh, my adolescent, they're not children anymore. They're adolescents. For Pete's sake, the older one is, I put them behind the, the wheel of a car. Like, what? Anyway, the recommendation we came up with was green salad. So I would like to now tell you about green salad. Have I told you about green salad before? I don't believe so, no. Green salad is in no way healthy. It is green because of lime jello one the ingredients include lime jello marshmallows melted in milk once you stir that up and the jello goes in it turns kind of a minty green you then put in cream cheese (laughs) and pineapple you allow it to cool and then you put in in the most midwestern way possible Mayonnaise and Cool Whip, and Just you blend it together. Whip it together. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep, it is the most Midwestern salad that is in no way a salad, and it is a staple of Thanksgiving at our home. If uh, any of anyone might like the recipe, I'd be happy to provide it for you. Uh, it will not make you a better person. It might send you into a diabetic shock, but it is it's uh, tangy and sweet and a perfect opposite to many of the heavy dishes at Thanksgiving. So I recommend unto you green salad. Now I may offend like a large portion of the country with this, but I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Are you Mm -hmm. from the part of the Midwest where they have the funeral potatoes? You're going to need to tell me a little bit more about funeral potatoes. It is something like like it. a like a casserole. It's like you got the potatoes, and I want to say there's a cream of some soup in there, and like Always. hamburger, mm-hmm. hamburger maybe. Yes. Absolutely. Now I will get. I will tell you the actual name for this, which is called hot dish. Okay. Casserole is is something else, but yes, they're tater tots. Yes. Oh, oh, you're bringing it home. Oh, Joey, thank you so much. Ground beef. You cook up the ground beef, you mix in like a cream of mushroom, and then you put the tater top on top and you bake it. Absolutely. It can cure all kinds of things. A hangover, a grieving heart, all the things. Okay. I'm I'm looking. Okay. It says, funeral potatoes get their unique name from being a crowd-pleasing casserole served as a side dish at after-funeral luncheons. Particularly yep, in yep. the cult, particularly in the culture of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Oh, the Mormons—they are, while maybe not known for extravagant cooking, excellent, like soul-nourishing food. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so now I'm seeing a hot dish or yep. hot dish. Some people put them together. Some people put them apart. Yes. Like pastime or past time. Yep. I'm with is, you. Is a casserole dish that typically contains a starch, a meat, and a canned or frozen vegetable mixed with canned go. soup. Well this done. dish originated well in the upper Midwest region of the United States, where it remains popular. Absolutely. Now, <laughs> to accompany a hot dish, I now I grew up in the upper Midwest. I my growing up in Minneapolis was one of the most wonderful things. But my parents were transplants to Minneapolis. They did not. They were not from. They were from the East Coast, etc. So recently, I learned about a phrase when one does a U-turn or a, uh, a full 360 in a parking lot, in a car. I need, if this needs to go under the explosive heading, I understand, but I learned that this was called whipping a shitty. We are whipping shitties to do a full, <laughs> to do a U-turn in a very quick succession. I did not know that, but I did have the hot dish aspect of my life. So anyway, I've, I've recently been like questioning everything I knew. Like I just thought it was a U-turn. Didn't know it was whipping shitties. So anyway, but evidently it is still a phrase that is used all the time. Like hot dish. Did not know that. Is there an equivalent in the South? Maybe not in drivers necessarily, but is there something you're like, yeah, I'm going to go I don't know, some kind, it feels like a boat on a lake or a boat on a river, a boat in the ocean. We always say we're going to have to park out in BFE. Now, do you know about the parking oh, of the BFE? I do know about the BFE. That's interesting. Good. Excellent equivalent. But please share more. Yeah, we're getting the explicit tag all over this. <laughs> and folks, I did not come up with this. So if it is harmful or disparaging of somebody in any way, just know that this is for educational purposes only, for review purposes Absolutely. only. Absolutely. From what I am to gather, BFE stands for Bumfuck Egypt. Mm -hmm. Yep, 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 yep. And is most closely associated with the Walmart parking lot. You are for parking far, far away from the, the entrance. Very end. Yes. And now I'm gonna since we have done this, I'm I'm gonna be um, a little bit edgy here and, and and say that I think we're getting close to edgy if we aren't already there. Along the sexes, whatever sex that you closely identify with. <clears throat> My body is saying, don't do it, Joey. I feel like women would not be happy until somehow they can park inside the building. Like you are not close until they just open up the side of the building and say, come on in. Me, on the other hand, if I get the last space, I'm in and out and I've got what I wanted before my wife is like, no, we can get, why are you parking here? I said, because I don't know if you know this about me, which I know that she does. I have no depth perception. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because I'm legally blind in this eye. And I'm like, look, if there's any chance that I could hit another car parking, I'm over there where there are no cars. So Absolutely. I can just park, so I can park, go in, get my stuff, and leave. I'm yep. not there to, it's not the time to go up and down the aisles. No, no. 
I'm in. I, mean, I get the I get the can of cream of whatever soup. I'm yep, getting you put I, in the hot dish. Yeah, and and getting the potatoes or getting the cheese or the cream cheese or whatever. I, I'm I'm yep. hitting I'm hitting the cashier with my stuff. They ring it up. I pay. I'm out. I'm back at the car to make it even faster. Well, some people, you know, there's they're like, oh, no, you're taking jobs away. Don't do the self-check. I do the self-check. Yep. But if that's not right, this is a safe space. I'm in and out. Yeah. Whatever. I'm, I've paid. I've got my receipt. I'm back in the car and I'm going away home. While she's still, and circling, she's still looking going, for a <laughs> circling, like we can get closer. Like, well, we can't. We cannot get closer. Unless you have a handicap tag. No. Yep. I resonate with that. So. Yeah. That, that at, is, at some point you just say, all right, fine. I give up. I'm full. And just park and go about your business. And, or I, what I'm trying to do lately is like, would you like for me to drop you off and I can just circle or park and wait for you? Or, or No, there you go. go ahead and park. We can both come in. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I could stay in the car and I could listen to a podcast. I could. And she's like, look, I'm going to be, I, this was her. This was her like two or three weeks ago. Um, park over here. I just got to go see if they've got this candle. Park in the fire lane. I'm in and out. Um, well, I'm there. I'm like, if I'm here for longer than five minutes, I'm just going ahead and parking. Yeah. So then Absolutely. I just, I'm like, it's been longer than five minutes. I parked and I listened to two podcasts. Um, <laughs> Poor Ashlyn. She's like, I even, just want to spend time with you. And you're like, which I don't know. Which even at 2X, which you know where we hang, I feel like That's even yeah, at 2X, I feel like two is a lot. And then finally I have to That's use true. the restroom. So I'm turning the car off and I'm going inside. And she's like, what are you doing in here? I'm like, you too long, too long. It's too it took forever. Because <laughs> I'm trying to catch up because there's a seasonal podcast I listen to now called um, the Advent Calendar House, which is all about the Ooh. holiday specials, but just the mm-hmm. Christmas one. So I'm trying to catch up on that because now this guy's got it figured out. In December, he goes every other day up until Christmas Eve. And then he comes back in July for Christmas in July. So he does does 24 or 25 podcasts a year and occasionally specials at other times. Like he's done a Valentine's Advent house, Advent calendar house, Advent calendar house. Okay. I'm going to have to check that one out. That sounds great. Yes. And it's all about like the specials that you grew up with. Like for Mm -hmm. his 50th episode, he finally did Rudolph um, for the Uh, play nation. for the hundred episode, he did something else, but it's other things like he's he'll do, he'll do um, one at least one Hanukkah special during December. Got to do it for, for for Sundays in uh, he does Scrooge Sundays, all the different versions of a Christmas Carol that you can come up with. Both Muppet and otherwise. That is his favorite version. Is the Muppet? It's one. an excellent version. Because, because when you realize that Michael Caine says, listen, I'm going to pe- play this straight. I know that these are Muppets all around me, but to me, this is as real <laughs> as if we're dealing with just Edwardian Christmas yes, everywhere. Absolutely. People with hooked noses. 
that, does he talk about Spirited? That the one with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds? Uh, I don't think he's got to that a, yet. I'm sure it'll come up. That's why I'm trying to catch up to get to I get. Love it. But during his first season, he had someone on. He had a, a, a panel on, and they had to um, do their perfect cast for their version of A Christmas Carol. Which means I can use Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge, but then I can't use anybody else from the Muppets Christmas Carol. I'd have to use I don't know, but would you want the mouse? This is ooh, or the rat? Oh man. So and they're like, so who would be your your perfect Marley? Who would be your perfect ghost of Christmas past? It became very and and you know, they they're like, this is almost like a uh fantasy football draft. These are great. He's yes. talking about Alf, Turkey in the Straw, McDonald's holiday commercials. <gasps> that was a very good great. one. It is a fantastic podcast. A Flintstones Christmas Carol. How long are they? Generally, his podcast. Uh, I think they've started to creep up to about an hour, but very few okay. go a little over an hour. Like the ones like they do. There's a famous Pennsylvania Christmas lottery commercial. They do an episode about that because that's where he's from. Oh, okay. Nice. And so they also do the Flintstones uh, cereal commercial, like the, you know, ho, 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 I'm hu- hungry. Yeah. Yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we wish you a turtle Christmas. Yes. Excellent. Wow. Okay, great. What a wonderfully uh, seasonally appropriate reference. Thank you. And after well after the first season, when he comes back for the second season, he becomes part of the Christmas Podcast Network, which I was not aware of. But there's a whole thing. Um, Come on. It, and there's another one that does like just Hallmark movies. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And another one that does uh, Christmas songs. Like, did you know that Silent Night was the most recorded song in history? There over are something. Me? Yes, over there are thousands mm. of versions of Silent Night. Yep, yep, makes um, sense. And and for my uh, friends, fans, enemies, what have you in Maine, I will say this: for the Bangor, Bangor, I shouldn't say Bangor, Bangor. I have to watch my inflection. All right. Comic and Toy Con for the spring of 2024. They just announced their uh, guests, their prime guest for the 2024 Bangor. Should I drum roll? You should. They have got Mr. Feeney. (gasps) Ooh, that's big. And his wife. They have been married forever. And are, are in things, and so I'm like, oh man, I gotta find some way to go. Mhm, mhm. Oh. Man, Topanga. Oh, she was a vibe. Yeah. Well done. Well ooh, done. Ooh, yeah, ooh. of course. She was confident. She was like, I'm Topanga. I do what I want. Anyway, Mr. Feeney's cool. In his 90s, and I'm like, you, you, you gotta go. You, you just yeah. gotta do it. You gotta do it. That's really cool. All right, Nan. Before I let you go, go ahead and plug any and everything that you've got. 
I got not a whole lot to plug uh, other than that at the end of the year, take time to love on the people that love you. Take time for yourself. Take a nap if that's appropriate. I can't nap. I'll never go back to sleep. Uh, you know, just roast some chestnuts, sit around a fire, listen to something that you love. That's all I got. Be good to yourself. How about you? What you got? Do you roast a lot of chestnuts this time of year? No, no. In fact, I don't. But I do have a fire and I love sitting out by the fire. So, I would say to people, um, also be good to yourself. Mm-hmm. Take time between now and the new year, like a good three hours, just to get away the quiet yep. time for yourself. Rest and reflect on this year and what you want to change for next year. It may be that you Ooh, don't change that. anything. Yeah. It may be that you want to change everything. Now is the time. And do it in December. Mm-hmm. Get a start on it. Say, look, my New Year's resolutions, I'm starting in December. So that by the time January gets here, you're already a month in. And it's you are habit. committed. Yep. And you are committed. Great job. Yep, absolutely. So uh, I am on, if there's a social media platform that I am on, I am at the Joey Harris on it. Feel free to add Check out his TikTok. Check out my TikToks. I usually just share things. If you want to get on that list, just send me a message. Say, Joey, please share with me. I will send some your way. I do it to Nan probably on a daily basis. It's true. It's true. Excellent content. Um, and if I come across things, songs that I know or songs that I may think I know, if I hear one, I'm like, oh, they're like, you might know these things. I will duet that and try to sing it along with it. <laughs> so fast. But I so I enjoy that. So I am at the Joey Harris on all all of those social media platforms. Joey Harris comedy at gmail.com. Thank you to whoever sent me a some uh, donation on PayPal. Somebody sent me five bucks. I'm keeping that in my PayPal thing, but it wouldn't tell me. I wanted to say thank you. So if you would like to to donate to the show, joeyharriscomedy at gmail.com on PayPal, I will take that um, at the Joey Harris on Cash App. If you also want to send me something on Cash App, I will take any and every everything because I'm not getting rich at this, but I do enjoy it. So. Absolutely. I'm thinking the name of this episode, Explicit Hot Dish. (laughs) Please do. Nan, thank you so much. It is always a pleasure any and every time that you are on. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. We will see you next time.